Welcome to Into the West, the Middle Earth SUG podcast. My name is Charles. With me today are Richard, Ian, and we have a special guest, Jacob. Hi, guys. Jacob is coming to us all the way from Australia, best known for his YouTube channel, Conquest Creations. Today, Jacob is joining us uh, to talk a little bit about his local scene and the Australian meta overall. So Jacob, I know that Australia is, there's there's a big group of players and it's divided into regions. How would you describe the community over there? Yeah, the Australian community is a lot of fun. I guess the, the main attitude that I think applies to, to the Australian community, which is slightly different to other places, is it's less about winning and more about how you win. We have quite a few really big players in our community who have been playing ever since the game release, so over 20 years now. And they've won tournaments with every single competitive faction before. So they've really brought in this culture of, if you bring the most competitive thing and you win, yeah, that, that's cool, that's fine. But if you bring something unexpected, unseen before, and you win with that, that's way sweeter. And I think because of that, you know, all the new players come in and see all the really experienced players often playing kind of wacky lists, out there lists. That means that the new players come in and they go, oh, like this is the the way we do it here, we'll bring these kind of out there things, these weird things, and and see how we go with them. So because of that, I think we have very different typical army list scene than what, what you see over in Europe and, and America, where, yeah, there's the, no one's really playing any net lists. Everyone's trying to bring different things to every tournament. And there's just a huge diversity of armies that end up winning tournaments. So basically, you're just calling us tryhards. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I'm, I'm calling you. Yeah, that's exactly it. No, no, but that's that's actually really cool. Would you say that kind of applies to like uh, the bigger, more competitive tournaments as well? Because like I would say in our case, we kind of have it separately. Like we have some events which are maybe less serious, and those are a lot more thematic and like for fun. But then like the greasy lists that you're talking about usually only come out in like flagship tournaments. There's probably a bigger inclination towards some of those greasy lists in the bigger tournaments, but still not to a great extent. And it still doesn't like necessarily mean that those greasy lists are doing better because if, if you're taking a, a net list that's really good against most things, but someone takes something totally out there, uh, you, you probably don't know how to go up against it. For example, we had a, I think it was a 65 player tournament, but that might be overstating it a little bit. Or a guy took Ents and he came fifth place with it because he was just really good with his Ents. Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. I think that would be pretty unheard of in our parts of the world. Yes. Yeah, that, that one was pretty impressive for here as well. I just wanted to take a second to thank all our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you guys want extra content, you can check out the Patreon link in the description below. Now, back to the video. I just remember listening to like Green Dragon podcast and Last Lines of News and Men, and then they're just naming off lists that I just never see in in the tournaments over here. I'm just like, how how do you win with those lists? Yeah, and I guess a, a big thing is that if you take a wild and crazy list that no one's ever played against before, or people have way less experience playing against before, even if on paper that list is not as powerful, like its stats just don't match up. The fact that other people don't know how to play against it is a huge strength that isn't seen in the writing of the list. Like the fact when you somebody shows up with like a list that you're not really used to, like a few years ago when Charles started running his like camel half troll list, he just like 
wiped the floor with like everybody for like a while, like half a year, because nobody like really knew how to play against it. And then he kind of put them into retirement. And I think every once in a while he kind of brings them back out because he's the only one locally who has them. And then just starts wiping people again because like you just you're not no. used to it. Yeah, yeah. We've actually seen that kind of trend before with like lists like that. Yeah, Sean from the Last Alliance of Noobs of Men is running a list that it's seen a little bit, but it's um it's Gildor with his Noldoran exiles and then just some beefy heroes generally from the Fellowship. So always super low model count, but super high might, super high resources. Very tough to play against because there's not many other lists like that, and it's he's doing pretty well with it. I've also heard in Australia, your guys' terrain is a lot more abundant than maybe like in our metas or even in Europe. So do you think that also might play a part in which armies are taken? Yeah, I think it does. I think we try to, well, obviously we think we're the best because, you know, well, we're Australians. And the rule book says, you know, 25% to a third of the board covered in terrain. So we, we aim for that. That obviously, you know, helps having a community that's very old and has built a lot of stuff. But it definitely does impact a lot of the lists that do well. For example, uh, Assault on Helm's Deep hasn't really, like there's been a couple times where it's done all right. But in general, it's nowhere near as oppressive as it is over in Europe because there's going to be a building to hide behind, some rocks to hide behind, things like that. So that definitely contributes. And it probably knocks down some of the old shooting lists. Like, I don't think that we had Rangers of Gondor winning... Uh, they might have won one or two tournaments when they first came out and didn't have to take the Brodo, Sam, and, and Smeagol tax. When I saw them winning tournaments after tournament over in Europe, whereas here that that never really took on. Because, yeah, there's enough terrain and enough people that didn't want to play that army. <laughs> and probably another reason why Assault on Lothlorien might not be as dominant down there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's definitely been seen. And I, I don't want to give it away, but we have a... a, a player practicing with it for some big tournaments at the moment but yeah that those shooting armies aren't as popular i think it's also probably a, a cultural thing i think it's a, a very friendly atmosphere and everyone wants to just like get stuck in and kill each other and, and no one wants to sit back and run away and shoot so i think that's just how people want to play the game and the experienced players have have shown that you know you can just run in and have fun and, and win you don't need to sit back and shoot and generally that's not as interactive for both players so i think those lists are slightly more leaned away from. So over here on the west coast of Canada, we have kind of like a friendly rivalry with the Americans down south. And uh, for those of you, all, all the listeners that um, are on the Australian Facebook page, you'll know that uh, there are lots of memes and stuff like that posted there. And I can see some of the friendly rivalries as well. Could you tell us a little bit about that between the regions? Give us a ranking of who's like the best and who's like the worst. <laughs> State Okay. Well, uh, I, I always see Sean mixing shit up whenever there's a big tournament. It always starts with him. Yeah, no, he's he's the main shit stirrer in that page. So I'm I'm from from Melbourne, Victoria, and for people who aren't aware of like Australian geography, we have a a very big country with a very small population. So like from Melbourne, which is one of the biggest cities, to Sydney, which is the biggest city, it's like a a ten hour drive, and that's like the next biggest region so everything's very separate of course melbourne is undoubtedly the best you know just just total impartial opinion there victoria we know how to play that's it uh sydney so sydney new south wales which is kind of the the middle east of australia they have the biggest events and i think they have a really really good to culture over there so they get 
pretty high numbers at their events. But it's it's interesting because they have the big events. So lots of us Victorians travel up to their events. And, you know, I think Victorians always do uh, pretty well when, when we travel up to Sydney. If we keep going north from, from Sydney, we have the Brils- Brisbane Boys, which is the last alliance of noobs and men. That community is just like full of absolute shit stirring. No one's taking it serious. Everyone's rocking up to tournaments with hectic things. You're stirring up trouble and looking for a smack on the bottom. So that, that's a lot of fun. But if I had to rank them against Victoria and uh, New South Wales, I don't think that they're going to perform as well. And then we also have Western Australia, which is like, they have a city called Perth. It's 4,000 kilometers away from us. So it's like, you know, it may as well be a, a separate country. I know that people play tournaments over there. I know that they get like decently big tournaments, but they're so far away that, you know, they may as well, like, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> um, so I need to get over there at some point. Sorry, who are you again? And just recently we have Tasmania as well, which is like the little island below Australia. And they've got their first GT coming up. So a couple of couple of us Victorians are heading down there because it's it's pretty close. But overall ranking, and I think this would be universally agreed upon with, with a little bit of controversy, the best players in Australia are in Victoria. So we have like Kylie, Jeremy, who have won, you know, dozens of tournaments. And Kylie's planning on traveling over to Articon. So, so she's here in Victoria and represents us well. And then New South Wales obviously has a lot of good players as well. Uh, but I put, put Victoria number one, New South Wales second, Brisbane third and, and WA somewhere. I don't know. Maybe they're the best players in the world. I just don't know about them. All right. So you heard it here first. This is the official rankings in Australia. And uh, Jacob speaks on behalf of every Australian. Yeah. Yep. Entirely agree. And uh, <laughs> anyone who disagrees, you're not a real Australian. But I know the truth. <laughs> we have the same kind of dynamic here. Like we have our community on like the West Coast of North America and we're like, it's slowly getting bigger. And then there's a few people in like in the middle, and then there's like a giant group on the other side, like two, three thousand kilometers away on the east coast. But there's not really much interaction between the two sides, apart, apart from a few people like flying over. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's just like the same kind of dynamic. One thing that we want to do here in Australia is we have this rugby match that's called like the State of Origin. It's Queensland versus New South Wales. So we want to try to organize like a proper state versus state tournament where we get you know. Four people from each state in the one room at each time to find out who really is the best. All right. So one final question, Jacob, can you also touch on, you know, why the MESBG content creator meta in Australia is so dominant? Yeah, that's an interesting one because um, there's quite quite a lot of channels coming out of Australia. I think it's like a network effect. When when you see some mates starting up a channel, then you're like, oh, I'll, I'll give that a go as well. So Kind of the more there are, the more people that think it's cool and want to do it themselves, and that grows. And and I obviously started after talking to Lockie from Zorpazorp. So he like without talking to him, I wouldn't have started. And then in the early days of Conquest Christ and Sean was with me a lot. And then he moved up to Queensland and, and started his own thing and then met up with some of the Queensland guys who saw him doing it and started their own things as well. But we're certainly putting out a lot of content from Australia for our very low population. Do you want to plug your own channel a bit? Tell us a little bit about what, what's going on over at Conquest Creations these days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's exciting times for Conquest Creations at the moment. We haven't put out as many videos recently, but that's about to change in a big way. So we've done a few Kickstarters, Kingdom of Saxonia, Kingdom of Direct Deep, that have done really well. And because of that, I'm actually going to be able to put a lot of time into Conquest Creations. So 
for the next six months till the end of the year, I'm going to be working on it, not quite full time, but but relatively close to full time. So the goal is to be getting out, you know, at least a video a fortnight. So hoping to do kind of a, a bad report a fortnight and then some like dialogue videos in between there and hopefully eventually like branching out, showing some terrain, getting into army building, all this stuff. So really growing Conquest Creations from what it is now, which is, you know, a video once every couple of weeks to something that people can check in on every week. Jacob, thank you for coming on to talk to us about Australia and the, the meta over there. Thank you all for watching this video and uh, see you next time. Thanks for having me, guys.